ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I don't know, man. <laughs> I was behind the play. <laughs> I don't think what's going on with him, I don't know. Personally, I feel like that brother needed help. And I'm glad he not try to choke me, but at the same time, and not do with basketball, man. Like I'm just out there trying to play basketball, you know. They're swinging. I think we saw that often, but um, hope he, you know, whatever he got in his life, get better. Uh, he was pulling my hip, and I was swinging away to sell the car. Made contact with him. Um, as you know, I'm not one to apologize for things I meant to do, but I do apologize to you, sir. Um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Uh, I sell cars with my arms. I don't fall or to sell a car. I don't, I'm not a flopper. So I was just selling the car because he was grabbing me and pulling my hip back. So I spun away and unfortunately I hit him. And so like I said, I apologize to you, Seth, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Yeah. How did it look to you on the replay? I mean, as I've said before, any replay, you know, if I go look at every replay of everything, um, a replay is they, it's never going to look good, you know. But like I said, I know my intentions. My intentions were to sell the call. Um, and, you know, I also don't think I'm an accurate enough puncher to do a full 360 and, and, and connect with someone. Um, so. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Vinny, Vinny, come on, man. You, you've lived long enough to know when somebody's full of it. Come on, bruh. You know, like, 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 okay, you ask him, what about the replay? Listen, any replay. Let me just talk about replay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 man. We ain't having a conversation about replay. He just asked you so you could get to the point of saying, "Yeah, it looked bad on replay." What I just said. If you narrate that, if you match that up with the with the pictures, it doesn't really match. But you know what, Vinny? This is so bad. It's so bad. I'm not even gonna go down this road. First of all, welcome, and I'm just gonna tell you this right now. We are in a family crisis. We've got a crisis. We need an intervention. We got to mm. bring the Warriors have a problem. Draymond is a part of that problem. We got to bring in Natalie. Where's Natalie? Na Natalie, come to the family room, please, right now. Because uh, we got Draymond in the family room, too. He needs to sit down. We all in a semicircle. 
We, we bolted the doors, windows closed. We ain't letting them get out of this. What is going on? This is a, somebody got to say something. Natalie, Steve Curry ain't saying the right thing. Steph Curry ain't saying the right thing. Clay Thompson, Warriors fans, most of them aren't saying the right thing. Vinny, what? Natalie, what? Like, help me, help me. I, I, I just, I can't, I, I can't anymore with this dude. Yeah, I think many Warriors fans are saying the right things, and I think I think in the Bay oh, Area, man. no, I think, in, I think in the Bay Area, like that. This has been starting since last year with the Jordan Poole punch, but like, the, you know, there there was like a radio event, and a lot of people in the Bay Area were there, and they were like. Who wants Draymond gone? It was just one of those like applaud if you want him gone, applaud if you want him to stay. And the amount of applause for like we want him gone was shocking for it to be in the area. Um, this is what else can you say? Like he he needs he's going to be suspended further. The league is reviewing it. Um, and you know what? I mean, to me at this point, the Warriors have to actually do something on top of the league. I don't know that they will, but they need to. The league and Something. the Warriors organization have enabled Draymond. They've enabled this. Right. So they, they built this. They created this. And, you know, it's it's a fitting way for them to come to an end. Something like what, Vinny? Something like she said. Uh, Natalie said the Warriors have to do something. Something like what? I think everybody wants blood, right? And everybody's so draped into the emotion of the moment. And Draymond is such an easy villain because he's made himself that way. The one thing I will say, and I will just speak from a legality, not legality point, but just practical, okay? You gotta be careful about what precedent that you set with a suspension here. Because you've already set a precedent already when he choked out Rudy Gobert and you gave him five games, and it was clearly stated in the release that this is a suspension, not just for one thing, but a cumulative effect. My question is, what is the next step? Because you're not going to do this as a preventative measure. You're not going to do this to show Draymond, hey, Draymond, don't do this again. We're past that point right now, okay? Draymond's going to do what he wants to do. And the thing is, Holly, this is where I will quibble with you just a little bit. Because I've got friends. I've got friends who will swear up and down, man, I didn't do what what they said I did. Not even like a legal thing, just like they didn't do, I didn't do what they said I did. And he will tell you to your face to the point that you are ready to believe him until logic sets in. And I think that's where Draymond is. Draymond fully believes that he didn't intend to hit Yusef Nurkic in the face. I will quibble with him saying he does not have that type of punch accuracy because we've clearly seen his movies. He's got excellent punch accuracy, especially with the jab, right? We've got, we've seen his movies, right? Right, right. What I will say is, even if that is believable, even if you were to give Draymond the benefit of the doubt, the fact is he hasn't earned it because of all the past transgressions, right? Do I think he meant to strike Yusef Nurkic? Absolutely. Like I saw something underneath the rim in the second quarter where Nurkic and Draymond got a little tied up and Draymond looked at the ref as if to say, hey, did you see that? And, and of course, that happens underneath the basket. And then this happens a quarter later. I'm not saying there's a connective tissue, but I'm simply saying Draymond was going to take matters into his own hands. And furthermore, y'all, 
this is much more than a Draymond Green problem. This is a Golden State Warriors problem. Yes, it is. That, yes, it is. They ain't that good. You know what I mean? They ain't that yeah, good. But- and when you're not that good, you can't afford to keep making excuses. Like if they were in the top echelon of the Western Conference, then they would excuse it because the return on the investment will be such that you could do that. But because they're not getting the return on it, and they're a barely 500 team when he plays, and they're clearly a below 500 team when he doesn't, how long will they make it? Will they see that it's worth it to continue making excuses for him? They're not going to do it on a matter of a principle. They're doing it on a matter of, hey, we ain't as good as we used to be. Why are we doing this? Well, Draymond has missed almost half of their games. Not missed, like not not all of them were absences. There were ejections. There were personal reasons. So, but in, even last night, they were in the middle of a run. And then when he left the game, the Suns were a plus 12. So I'd, it's, it's more than they are a much better team with Draymond. He's their second most important player. They are an above 500 team without him because it depends on how you're looking at the data. Like, yes, he played in some games, but he got kicked out during the games. The point is to me, like, this is not my reaction to this incident. I've been on Draymond's ass since the punch. So this is not about like that incident. I think the the punch of Jordan Poole. I think the Warriors have been mismanaging him for a long time. And what I'm saying is, I think there needs to be a penalty and I think it needs to really come from within the organization because as long as he knows that they need him or they're gonna be okay with it, or, you know, they're just gonna keep embracing him, then it, it isn't gonna change. And I, I I personally think people are not gonna like this. They're gonna feel uncomfortable with it. But I think Draymond needs help. Like he doesn't do things in normal like interactions that people do, right? And I don't care about his intent. There becomes a point when you are so reckless with your actions, your intent doesn't matter, right? I actually believe him. I believe that you didn't mean to strike him in the face, but you pull your hand back like this with the force that you do, whether you land in the face or in the body or whatever, it's egregious. It's egregious. So you cannot approach something recklessly. It's like if you speed all the time or you drive poorly, then when something happens, you can't say, well, I didn't intend it. Well, if you continue to do reckless things, then your intent doesn't matter because bad things ultimately happen. So yes, the Warriors do have many issues, Draymond being one of them, but he continues to really, truly cripple this team. And it's it's selfish. It's very selfish. And so I think there needs to be a big penalty. I've seen plenty of Warriors fans calling for big penalties. I think most people are fed up with Draymond. I don't think the Warriors have anything that they can do. Their hands are tied. But I still think, like, this season is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere unless they make a trade. So since it's not going anywhere, start start making the changes you need to now. Well, I I think I feel like there are a couple of things going on that that I see you tell me and you both tell me where I'm wrong on this one Uh, because I'm sure you'll you'll disagree with some of it. But before we get there before you get to the disagreement point, I just want to point out that you know, Vincent Vinny, I called you Vincent off air too. I don't know what's going on. I I don't feel that formal, Uh, you know, Vinny. My fault. uh, I always call him Vincent. I make you do it. That's right. (laughs) And and he always brings up why you call me by my government name. What's up? You trying to like you went. You wearing you wearing a wire or something? Natalie wearing a wire. She's trying, to, she's trying to set you up, bro. She's trying to set. Watch out, watch out. But My you know, bad. Vinny, if I ever, if I ever do something that I don't mean to do, I haven't put you in a bad spot. I'm gonna come up and tell you, Natalie. If I ever do anything 
hurt your feelings, ever do anything that just puts you in a bad spot, I'm gonna come up and say, you know what, Natalie, I'm sorry, I didn't do that. I'm gonna try to do it in the moment. If I know in the moment that I didn't do it on purpose. Now, I didn't see that from Draymond last night until the press conference. I, I, okay, if you didn't mean Did to do it. Did we even see it there? Did we even see it there? Did he express true remorse or the right amount of contrition? Here we go. Oh, I, I would go. You know what? I go. I go. Oh man! I, now my hand is right here on his back. If I didn't do it, my hand's on his back immediately, right there. Hey, hey, man. Oh, oh. I right, look. Michael Howard. He said in my the bad. apology. I don't normally apologize for things <laughs> I intended to do, but, but, like, how is so that good. an apology? That's and so then, good. to me, all the language about it wasn't intentional, to me, that right. was language speaking to the league. That was language speaking to the league. I don't think that had anything to do with Nurk. And then even, because that's not even in the video, but he further went on to say, as Kendra Andrews reported, like he even started to question if it even actually met the definition of a flagrant two by the letter Word. of the law. This man, listen, I, I don't want to hear but, it. But you. I will say this. This is where you're going to disagree, though. This is where, and I want you and, I want you and Vinny I want you and Vinny to, to weigh in on this. Okay, if the Warriors, we know, great dynasty. Great, the, the last great dynasty in the NBA. You win four championships. First one in what, 2015? So 2015, last one in 2022. Okay, you're a dynasty uh, by, by uh, NBA uh, definitions. Multiple championships. So when you win all those championships, you have the same coach who's very media savvy, media friendly, a great quote. You got a story to do. Steve Kerr's a great quote. He's good for business. Steph Curry is a darling uh, who's great for business, too. Uh, Clay Thompson is a bit of a sacred cow as well. We, we root for Clay. He's had some adversity. We root for Clay. We like Clay. Draymond Green, he's important, but he's an easy target. So I think he deserves his share of criticism, but Draymond should not take all of the criticism He's for not. what's wrong with the Warriors. I think he takes, but he probably is taking he is more not. than he deserves because, hey, how many, I, I saw you sent me something the other day, Natalie. I was shocked. I was like, oh, wow. Let me, let me mark the time and date. I, I saw a radio host getting in Steve Kerr's ass. Okay, he was yeah. all over Steve Kerr talking about how he's done a bad job with the yes. team and, and the rotation and but and Wiggins and Clay have been that hasn't happened a lot. That hasn't happened a lot though. And not as much as Draymond is easy. I, I'm like low hanging fruit. Go ahead and get him. I feel like even though he deserves a, a suspension and criticism, let's not make Draymond the catch all for all right, that right. ails the Warriors. That's but all. But no one is doing that. that. But no one is doing that. They're saying that this, what he did is crazy and the man needs to be suspended. Separately, there are plenty of articles being written, plenty of chatter about Clay being washed, Andrew Wiggins needing to go to the bench. Don't play loony, right? And this is not just now local people. This is the national media as well. Like saying, Steve Kerr, why aren't you playing Moses Moody? Why are you benching Jonathan Kaminga? This has been going on now for a couple of weeks. It's it's not just about Draymond. People were just pointing out, Draymond, you can't hurt the team like this because you're missing. And he comes back and says, yeah, yeah, I get it. And then goes and does the same shit again. But like, no one thinks this is all about Draymond. They don't. This is This is what happens when a dynasty is crumbling. Like, that's what I was saying in the very beginning. Like, the record that they have with Draymond is one thing, 
but they've blown leads when he's been on the floor. They've committed stupid fouls and done uncharacteristic things, unbecoming of a championship team when they've been in math. Last year, it was Andrew Wiggins not being there for the personal reasons. And it was, you know, when we have our five together, when we're whole, we win. Okay, fine. This year, they have a negative rating, net rating, when those five players are together. A lot of that is due to Klay Thompson. A lot of that is due to Andrew Wiggins. A lot of that is due to the fact that you cannot stay the same as a championship organization. You have to change out players. And usually, guys, usually, dynasties don't last as long in today's era of sports. Like Stephen Curry and LeBron and Katie in some ways have sort of made our view of aging differently than it should. And those guys are completely different genetic monsters, but it doesn't mean that their teams are genetic monsters. It doesn't mean that the league isn't going to catch up. The league plays golden state basketball better than golden state plays golden state basketball at this point. And that's why, that's why on a number of levels, I was like, Hey, Kevin Durant coming there did a lot of work and covered up a lot of ills for things that were going to come to bear. They just kicked the can down the road. They squeezed the title out in 2022. Not going to say that they didn't deserve it or earn it, but they got a title out of there. And last year, they didn't catch the breaks. And this year, the chickens are coming home to roost because you can't ask Stephen Curry to do everything. Yeah, that's true. You can't. But I mean, I think this is an organizational failure, and I think it's a Steve Kerr failure. Like, they are, they, okay. they always had a slim margin we've talked Love's about off. this this year and and, Love's and off. take them off go ahead go with your the boy roster, go the Kirk. roster is not the the best constructed so like if people really understand the moves that the warriors made this offseason chris not signing clay not committing to him early um bringing in chris paul with that contract it was always in mind like if it doesn't work out you can move that it's expiring and once he's off the books Clay Thompson's off the books if you don't expend, um, extend. Now that gives you a lot of, of flexibility, right? So they were already thinking with that in mind, okay? But they have what they have now. And like we've been watching Steve Kerr refuse to make adjustments to the starting lineup. They have a top five bench in the league. Their bench is top five in the league in scoring. And he would not play players. He would take them out the game at times that don't make sense, have to come back and apologize for it. The Warriors record, they still maybe would not be at the top with the others, but it doesn't have to be this bad. It doesn't have to be this bad. And his rigidity, his refusal to adjust until right now, until finally deciding I'm going to bench my starters. Steph was on the floor last night with him and all bench players. You know, like that rigidity also really hurt them and so to me it's a wake-up moment for all and I as a Warriors fan taking off like me just covering them I personally am okay with all that happens this season if it means this team looks vastly different next year and I personally okay. hope that includes a new coach well let me ask that's what I will say is it is a very difficult thing for a coach to look in the moment and say Clay isn't giving it to me. Andrew Wiggins isn't giving it to me. When they've given it to him time and time again, you're going to be a little late on that. Like the people mechanics of this is so critical. Like these player psyches are so very fragile. 
Sometimes a coach has to believe in a player when the evidence says that a player should not be believed in, and you'd rather be on the back end of that than the front end of that and lose a player and lose a veteran. Like, there's a certain respect and cachet that you have to have. And I agree with you. Steve Kerr is catching a lot of bullets. I'll tell you, who else is catching a lot of bullets? 25 of the 30 NBA coaches, Eric Spoelstra catches bullets. All these dudes are catching bullets because all of us like to think that we are better at coaching than the dudes who are being paid to coach. All right, I don't so think let me ask you this. I just think he's not an X's and O's guy. I think that's been proven. What he's touted as is a game manager. Not a game manager. He's good with players and managing them. He lost Mike Brown. I think that was a big hit to his staff. He hasn't demonstrated, in my opinion, that he knows how to compensate for that. And so, like, to me, this iteration is just not going to cut it. And I think you have a responsibility when you have a LeBron James, when you have a Stephen Curry, when you have a Kevin Durant, when you do have one of those players that you said you now wasted last year of his prime, not his prime, but his late prime. But he has a chance. He 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 plays at a level where he could possibly get you one more. Right. And you have a duty and a responsibility to put the right team around him. And also this is on Steph, too. Like LeBron speaks well, up. Have, I criticize well, LeBron a lot, have, but well, he speaks up. Well, you may have answered the question here. Uh, it's my last question uh, as, as we uh, take a break. Vincent, Vincent uh, said the dynasty is crumbling. Yeah, one more said time. This is what, one more again. Okay, one more again. Uh, he said the dynasty is crumbling. And this is what happens when a dynasty crumbles. But, you know, when the, when, when the, when the Colosseum and, and Rome started to crumble, it's crumbling, but... We're still talking about it. We can still visit the ruins because it's so good. It's so good. It's so well made. Still better than your sorry stadium, even though I'm not what I used to be. So is this crumbling and still not championship ready? Or is it crumbling but still capable of winning a championship this year with this team? Natalie and then Vinny. Can they win a championship this year? I I don't believe so without a chain without major changes. And to me, that's really a trade, and I don't know if they can pull that off. Or all of a sudden, if Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson could just get back to playing like normal players, you know, and I'm not saying like prime Clay Thompson, but just being competent on the court, they'd have a much better chance um, of possibly being in the mix and a lot of things going right for them. But I think that they need a trade. So I don't think this has to be the full demise. I know you're talking about this year. I think they can retool, but I just think like they've hurt themselves too much this year. It's a long season and anything can happen, but I think it will be very hard. I'll keep it short and sweet for you. It's over. Like, I, look, I'm very careful about saying this because Stephen Curry has wiped his behind with my words more times than I like to count. But this one right here, no, seriously, he he has, and I've had to I've had to you know sort of bow down and say, hey man, you were right, I was wrong. But here's the thing: on a night, on a given night, Golden State can play like the team that won a championship. They can play like a dynastic team on a given night. Can you do it night after night? Can you do it in a play-in? Can you do it in one, two, three playoff series? We have zero evidence to this point. Zero evidence to this point to suggest that they as a unit, players and coaches alike, can sustain that level of concentration for the next four months and then playoff rounds after that. I haven't seen anything. And given their cap situation, there isn't a whole lot that they can do with this roster 
And do you trade Clay Thompson because you're unhappy with him right now? There's a lot of other dynamics that you have to consider beyond just this year. They just may have to eat all of this. Ooh. I don't think it's Clay. It's right. trading so, Clay. It's trading a young player. Yeah, y'all tripping. Y'all tripping. I, 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 I played, put the music on. Let me tell you something. Trading, trading Clay well. because, oh, because the market is just full of teams. So, yeah, right. give me that guy. Give me Clay Thompson. Like, well, there's no contract for... anymore on the table for him. That's the latest reporting that the contract that was even offered. Is... But even if the contract is beautiful, who wants Clay Thompson exactly. right now? The team that wants him is the team that has him and because they got history with him. So I don't know. A intervention, though, for Drake. Going back to where we started, Draymond, you've lost privileges. You lost privileges now. Hey, um, hey, hey we ain't gonna let you leave. Holly, Holly, one thing is two things I hate. I'd hate to be Draymond's wife. And as for Clay, the one thing you don't want to hear from a woman is this phrase. Don't nobody want you but me. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. I'm sure you've never heard anybody say that to you, Vinny. Not at all. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) I've been going back and forth with a couple of players in the locker room, and... I'm, I'm like, what the heck is going on? Res- first response I got back was, we are very predictable. I said, predictable? I said, explain. Look at our pass routes compared to the Cowboys' pass routes. Our pass routes take too long to develop. Dallas gets their bleep out real quick. Nick, there's a report that uh, uh, some players in, on the offense thinks, think the, uh, the system has become predictable uh, and that the ball isn't being uh, the plays aren't being designed to get the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands quicker enough. Uh, is that true? Um, you know, we we obviously don't think so. As coaches, we'll we'll continue to work on, on making sure that we're meshing things together. That you know, hey, this looks like that, so there's not a beat on anything, or you know, this marries to that, and and, and the defense can't get a beat on that because if they do, they're going to get beat on this. Um, so we'll work we'll work like crazy on that. Hey, Nick, I'm wondering if you're considering any uh, coaching uh, responsibility changes uh, starting this week, including um, you know, potentially trying to take over play call and to, to give the offense a spark. No. Okay. And uh, what's what's behind that thinking? 
Yeah, um, I feel good with the people that we have in this building. We're 10 and 3. We're in control of our own destiny, and uh, we're going to keep rolling and, and finding answers with the people that we have. I guess it's just intervention day all around. It's just like gut check day. It's like who are we are soul searching day. Charles McDonald uh, is here and Charles. I just got to I, I got to question myself. First of all, because I've gone back and forth uh, with Michael Smith, who's riding for San Francisco and I'm riding for Philly and I'm like, yeah, okay, they blew him out. It's no big deal. They lose to Dallas. They always lose in, in Dallas. No big deal. <laughs> But yo, players are going up to Derek Gunn saying, hey, man, we predictable. I don't know about this. Look at Dallas. You comparing yourself to Dallas. You were in the Super Bowl last year. Now you comparing yourself to Dallas, which hasn't been to the Super Bowl since the 1950s. I'm just kidding, but I know it's been a long time. Hey, what's going on in Philly? If Philly doesn't believe in Philly, Charles, am I crazy to believe in Philly? Uh, I would say you're not crazy to believe in Philly. Just when you look at all the talent that they have on their roster, I mean, this is almost the same team that came back from the Super Bowl last year. I mean, you have some parts where it changed where you swap out Javon Hargrave for Jalen Carter, which some can argue is a one-on-one swap just based on uh, how talented and dominant those guys are. But there is the truth that they haven't been quite as clean as they were last year. And uh, a lot of it has been on offense where they haven't had quite the same transition in terms of how easy their play calling is, in terms of how they're getting the ball to their playmakers. I think a lot of what you see, especially when their offense is clicking earlier in the season, was a lot of kind of backyard football stuff between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown where they're just kind of waiting around behind the pocket. And A.J.'s down the field and he's the best receiver, so I'm just going to throw it up to him. Uh, Brian Johnson hasn't done quite as good a job as Shane Steichen did, who took over for the Colts, and we've seen what the what job he's done going 7-6 and six without their starting quarter. Quarterback. So yeah, I mean it, it, it's a tough spot for them. They're they're not playing as clean of football as they were last year, but for the most part, they're still winning these games. I think you have to be a little concerned uh with their performances against San Francisco and Dallas as far as their odds to repeat in the NFC. But as a whole, I don't think we need to be hitting the panic button too crazy on this team yet because when you just pair up the rosters from team to team, they're still gonna be one of the top four or five teams in the league. That's where I was gonna go, Charles, because they were 10 and one two weeks ago, three weeks ago, <laughs> right. rather, you know, after beating Buffalo. And then you, you know, when you lose in convincing fashion to San Francisco and Dallas in consecutive weeks, I'm sure that's going to bring about some panic. But are they as good as the team that was 10 and one? Or are they as bad as the team as they've looked that has turned the ball over? Mm. Doesn't look like they can stop anybody defensively. Like, which one is it? Or does the truth lie somewhere in the middle? Uh, the truth definitely lies somewhere in the middle because. I think you can look at the 10-1 record that they had before, uh, you know, the, the last two losses and say 10-1 is objectively good in the NFL where it's very difficult to win games. But how they're winning those games was not the same way they were last year, you know, where they played – whenever they played a team that was not on their town level last year, it looked like, you know, varsity versus JV. But this year, That's right. you know, they're, they're struggling against the Vikings. They had to come back against the Commanders – Earlier in the season, before they lost to the Jets, they struggled with the Rams. Uh, the, even the, the Chiefs and the Bills game, you have to come back in the fourth quarter. So when you're digging yourself in a hole in the first half and constantly have to come back in the second half, that's also a, kind of an indicator of how good your team actually is and how cohesive the project is. But it, it helps to have the superstar talents when you're trying to drag yourself back in the second half. And now the question for them, based on you know what the, the heights that they achieved last year, can you do it in the playoffs? 
that's where I get a little bit concerned about them because there's three contenders, I would say, in the NFC that are real Super Bowl contenders. The Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys got smacked by the 49ers, smacked by the Cowboys uh, last week. But you did beat the Cowboys in Philly a few weeks ago. So they're kind of somewhere in the middle between 10-1 and, and not actually that, all that good. Now, see, Charles, uh, Vinny, Vinny brought up the Buffalo game. As he said, that was just a few weeks ago. We were all excited. Jalen Hurts wins it in overtime. And, and, and you see the, the, the players on the sideline all excited because we got Jalen Hurts, baby. We got Jalen Hurts. Hey, we're good. Hey, we're going to win this game. That was just a few weeks ago. Uh, they were the best team in football just a few weeks ago. How soon they forget. I can say how soon they forget because that was this year. Well, when I talk about the New England Patriots, Ooh. when I say how soon they forget, how soon they Ooh, forget, wow. I'm not talking about this year. They're a bad team this year. Nobody, yeah. uh, nobody's arguing that. Uh, they were a mediocre team last year, 8-9, in playoff contention the last game of the year, but not really great. Year before, a playoff team. But they won. They won the Super Bowl more recently than Philadelphia. They won the Super Bowl more recently than San Francisco, in Dallas, in Buffalo, and all the contending teams we're talking about uh, short of Kansas City, all the contending teams we're talking about in the NFL. Yet, Bill Belichick is asked this question today at his press conference. We'll listen, then we'll talk about it on the other side. Speaking, obviously, for yourself and, and your understanding, do you have an understanding that Robert will not ask you to be back next year? Yeah, get ready for Kansas City. That's what I'm doing. Now that's the guy who hasn't forgot who he is. Hey, maybe y'all forgot, but I'm gonna monotone. I'm gonna monotone you. I'm gonna cliche you. I'm gonna snort. Uh, I'm gonna deflect. I'm not giving you a damn thing, even if you say I'm about to be fired. But there's a report uh, from Tommy Curran, NBC Sports Boston, who said he was told uh, his understanding is that after they lost to the Colts in Frankfurt, uh, Tommy Curran was was his understanding is that. Hey, Bill Belichick was told then, bruh, it's over. It's over. We're we going to go our separate ways. Here, take your CD from 1998. Take your sweatshirt. Get out. I don't want to throw it out the window. I don't want to go waiting to excel on you and just throw it out the window <laughs> and set it on fire. Wow. Wow. But you got to go. You got to go. Um, Charles, is this the right move? Let's go there. Is this the right move for the Patriots? Should they, if they made the decision to fire Bill Belichick or trade him, whatever, are they making the right move? <sighs> That's tough because I, I think there are still things that Belichick does well that other coaches don't, particularly on defense. I mean, w- when you look at the players that he's acquired on defense and how they're performing, he's kind of the only guy that can squeeze those you know those pieces into a cohesive defense where he likes a bunch of hybrid guys you know from defensive line linebackers safety you got to play be able to play a bunch of different positions and not a lot of coaches can always handle guys who maybe don't have one firm position I think that's where he still shows a tremendous amount of value as a coach but where he's totally totally 100% lost the plot it's on offense I mean going back to last year where uh, he decides to make Matt Patricia and Joe Judge basically the leaders of the Patriots offense, which had some disastrous results uh, to this year where mm-hmm. 
they've kind of constructed one of the slowest offenses in the league in uh, an NFL that is gifted towards speed, gifted to, uh, geared towards being able to make plays in space. They have a, a really, really slow offense where uh, they're kind of relying on one, two yards at a time. And it, it just leads to a lot of bad football <laughs> where you, you saw the stat where they lost consec- three consecutive games where they held their opponent to 10 points or fewer. You know, you should be winning all, all of those games, right? This is still a good defense. You but can't make that you up. Mess- Right. When you mess up that many times on offense, you have to start making a change. And especially if you're going to think about drafting a new quarterback in the upcoming draft, because right now they have the second overall pick in a two quarterback class. So what do you think about that? Would you hand Caleb Williams or Drake May to the current architect of the Patriots offense? <laughs> I don't think so. So you have to either reduce Belichick's like responsibilities in terms of offense or fire him outright. But the one thing that's true, you can't just run it back as you are doing it this year because it's not good enough. Now, see, you just you brought up something that was when I was looking up my notes before the show. I thought about Jimmy Johnson. It didn't end great for him in Miami toward the back end once he got out of Dallas or when he once he was ran out of Dallas. Don Shula, it was a bunch of eight and eights post nineteen eighty five. A lot more eight and eights than it was twelve and fours. Tom Landry got ran out of Dallas by Jimmy by by Jerry. Right? How much of this is just? the sands of time running out on a guy who's had the longest run of success of anybody in NFL history. And how much of this is Bill Belichick, the personnel guy undercutting Bill Belichick, the coach. I think it's the latter part really. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think that's, that's the big, big piece of it. Cause just think about they, it's not like they haven't tried to give Mac Jones help over the past couple of years, they've just been very misguided on what that help should look like. You know, you have, you go get Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster, Hunter Henry, Mike Jacecki. You're adding guys, but but are you really adding guys? You know, it, that, that's, that's what, that's what the, the problem is for them. The personnel decisions for Bill Belichick, especially in offense, they've, they've led to a, a basically unwatchable unit that you don't trust to even really get past midfield against uh, some of the more average defenses in the league. And, uh, I think even the more the more startling thing is Mac Jones is a much worse player than he was as a rookie yeah. when uh, he came in and, and kind of looked like he could at least be competent for a long time. And now he's been for, for Bailey Zappi. And uh, I think it seems all but done that he's going to be on a different team next year. So like that's why I said before, at minimum, he's got to relinquish like the offensive personnel decision making, because I don't think that he has caught up to what actually works these days you know you can have a Devonte parker you can have a juju smith schuster but you can't build the whole plan out of that it's just it's, it's too congested and it, it doesn't work when you don't have a quarterback who doesn't have like supreme physical capabilities yeah i mean look bill and i've seen it here you know living in boston seeing it up close bill will pursue special teamers anybody asking them to dance okay nobody's asking them to dance they all lined up at the dance and he goes to the special teamer. Hey, you want to dance? And they're like, what? You talking to me in the NFL? Don't nobody pay attention to us. But Bill Belichick does. He'll, he'll go for his, you know, Brandon school, Brendan schoolers and, and Chris boards and Matthew Slater been there as long as Belichick has damn near. I mean, he loves special teamers and their special teams suck. Uh, how about this? He went to and even in specific cases, he gets it wrong. He went to the University of Georgia backfield and said, you know what? I got a first round pick and I need a running back. 
and he chose Sony Michelle and looked over Nick Chubb. He goes to Arizona State and says, I need a wide receiver. And he chose Nikhil Harry instead of looking at Brandon Ayuk and saying, you know what? Nah, this kid, this younger kid, he'll be better next year. I'll go to, oh, Debo Samuel, who I passed on, or DK Metcalf, who I passed on. So I agree. Take personnel power away from him. He would resist. He'd go kicking and screaming, but it would be good for him. Let me ask you, let me switch gears because the uh, Patriots play the Chiefs uh, this Sunday. Uh, the Chiefs trying to get right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, let's hear an apologetic Patrick Mahomes, then I can tell you guys quickly what the problem is and see if you agree with me. And obviously, you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love, I love this game. I love my teammates, and I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but uh, obviously, can't can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. Um, so I probably regret acting like that. Um, but more than anything, I mean, I, re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game because he had nothing, nothing to do with it and. Um, so I, I was, uh, I, I was still hot and emotional, um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example, uh, for, for kids watching the game. So, uh, that, that, that was more upset about that than I was about me on the sideline. Charles McDonald. This is not about the kids. This is not about Josh Allen. This is not about my man, Ted Cruz shout out right there in the background with the, with the hat on and the nice glasses working for the chiefs. This is about Patrick Mahomes not having wide receivers, so he's mad. I don't think he was mad at the officials. He's mad. Like, you can't come out and say, Kadarius Tony, man, you are three yards off size. <laughs> and I'm just so tired of you, and I'm tired of my other wide receivers who are fumbling, dropping balls, doing stuff that I never had to worry about this stuff when I had Tyreek Hill. I think he's just mad at the situation that he's in, and he and Andy Reid took it out on the officials. Am I right or am I right, Charles? Oh, that that's definitely it. I mean, when, when you go back, you look at it. Obviously, Tony was offsides, and sure, you you can get upset where sometimes an official will give you a warning, sometimes they won't. But when you're that offsides, bro, that that's on you. Uh, it, it it's it's not right though. To, <laughs> if he were to go, him, look at him. Look at him. I mean, look at him. He, he's almost head to head with Von Miller on the edge. Like, come on now. Uh, when you you can't go up on the podium and say Kadarius needs to be cut tomorrow. Uh, it, it, it's it, it's it's kind of a culmination of everything because if you just look at the wide receiver play, you could argue that those guys have flipped three games for them at worst. Like where you have Marcus Valdez Scanley dropping the the clincher against the Eagles, Kadarius Tony not only this week, but remember week one against Detroit, he had a, a, a dropped interception oh. that came back for a pick six and a couple other gaps that caused them to lose the game. I just want the Chiefs fans to realize how blessed they are. In a in a in a year where, oh my God, this is so frustrating. It doesn't look like it usually does. Even though last year with the same wide receivers, he had the MVP season, and you guys won Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. As difficult as this season is, you guys are still eight and five. Like if this is your floor of what a Patrick Mahomes offense looks like, you're still in pretty good shape. So you know, I, I would say you still got to go out and make a big change, uh, a big swing at wide receiver this upcoming off season, but. <laughs> it, 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 you just got to figure out over the next month, can we find a way to get the offense sustainable enough where we can go on a playoff run uh, and, and get back to the Super Bowl? And and that's where I was going to go. I look at the AFC and I see Miami that has flaws, Jacksonville that has flaws, Cleveland that whether they do or don't have a quarterback, I'm not really sure. And you have Baltimore 
which for whatever reason, people are not ready to quite wrap their arms around for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they, they maybe it's because they black ass quarterback. Who knows, right? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but but with that said, do you see that there's a possibility that the Chiefs can sneak by given whatever matchups that they may have? Is Baltimore the only team that you wouldn't give the Chiefs a greater than puncher's chance at? Because you still got That's Jordan right. on the other side. You still got, right. you know, right. you still yes. you still got Jordan or Magic or whatever you want to call him, Steph. You still get that yeah. guy there. Yeah, dude, yeah, if you have Patrick Mahomes, you can win the Super Bowl in a year. You can win. That's how I feel that's about right. it. And, and, that's right. And that's why, and Charles, that's why what, the word you used was, was perfect. Blessed. This is what happens. When Joe Burrow, take Joe Burrow's quote, original quote. I'm going to cite it. Uh, Joe Burrow said it first, but it applies to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the window is my whole career. Okay, when I'm, uh, hey, look, I'm here, we good. Okay, don't, don't worry about it. Even when I'm, cussing out Josh Allen, the officials and everybody else. And I really want to cuss out Kadarius Tony. We're good. We're eight and five. We're going to beat the Patriots on Sunday. We're going to win our division. Don't worry about it. I'll see you in the playoffs. Uh, last thing. I just want to play this sound because it just I love. I just love hearing this brother um, just talk about anything. Uh, Cam Newton just quickly Cam Newton talking about MVPs. Here's Cam. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Talking about uh, difference makers and system quarterbacks. Mm. My, my, my producer Gary uh, Carter said it's coming. I believe you, Gary. We're waiting. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> I believe you. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, obviously Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Brack Parody. Like, but Brock, let's—they're not winning because of him. He's not turning the ball over. He's managing, He's managing. the game. And if we were to put that in its own right. As game managers, Mm -hmm. this may ruffle a lot of feathers, but it's honest. Brock, Parody, Tua Tonga-Valoa, Jared Goff, and really, Dak Prescott. Mm. These are game managers. They're they're not difference makers. And when you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. Exactly. Listen, 
I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. Yeah. That's a different type of discussion. So with that being said, I'm saying like, yo, if, if we're going to really call a spade a spade, there's a difference between managers of the game and difference makers of a game. That's not to say that they can't win the MVP. Correct. But it, it just is what it is. All right, y'all. I like I like the outfit. I like the way he said. You do, Brock Purdy. Brock, Brock you Purdy. Like the outfit? You like, like yeah, the outfit? I like it, man. I do, I do, man. It's like Cam pushes the envelope. Cam pushes it. Like we need, we need more of what Cam got. Cam will he just go out the there. He need to rip the envelope up. He need to rip the envelope up. He go out there. He said, he said Brock Purdy. Like he was Sherman Clump talking about Miss Purdy. Purdy. <laughs> and then and then he said exactly. Like E G G. Exactly. I just I love it. Anyway, but what about what what about what he said? Because I'm sure uh Charles Dak Prescott won't like it. What about what uh, Cam said? Uh the Dak Prescott point was ridiculous. Like saying Dak's not a difference maker. Come on, man. Like watch the last, watch this season. He's 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 been one, maybe the best quarterback in football just for, like from a skill level. Uh and even the the Brock Purdy point is interesting because I understand why people would want to call him a game manager because I mean he's playing with the Avengers, right? It, it's probably the most talented skill group that maybe we've seen ever in NFL history. You're talking about uh, two wide receiver ones, the best running back in the league, a top three tight end, the best left tackle in football, a bunch of other solid guys on the interior. I mean, it, it, it's pretty crazy. But when I think of a game manager, I think of someone who's not like going to take risks and not going to make mistakes. Like when when Alex Smith was at his peak with the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, we can scheme away if you can just get it accurate down the field uh, and not make mistakes and not hold on to the ball, ball too long. Brock is out here trying to like take people's souls, man. When he's trying to throw down the field and extend these plays. And sometimes it, it I, I don't even sometimes most of the time it, it works out for them because uh, of his own accuracy and uh, how fearless he is with the ball, plus the talent around him. But he, he's not this guy who's going to sit there and just take two yards at a time. I mean, he's trying to take big hacks down the field uh, a lot of the times. And it, it kind of shows when you look at his yards per attempt and uh, yards per completion, yards per completion. And, uh, the, the, the 49ers right now, they have three players who are in the top five in terms of yards per target. So this isn't a, a guy who's going to sit back and just wait for things to happen. He's trying to force the air. Uh, but I think why, why he gets hit with the game manager stuff is not only the supporting cast, but also because he's not the most physically gifted guy out there. Some of those passes die on him. Sometimes they don't make it to his uh, target, but he is trying to make plays out there in a way that I don't really think fits the game manager mold. That's good stuff. Now, Vinny, Vinny still wants to rip up the envelope, though. We put the music on, and Vinny yeah, is just thinking terrible. about that envelope. Vinny, Vinny's just thinking about that envelope. You don't like it? Nothing about it? Look, that outfit was so bad, Gary Carter couldn't even get to the sound in time. That's how bad it was. <laughs> that, that walk off. There it is. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. 
the longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Leave it alone. That's, that's all we need to say. Yeah. Let me talk to you. Let me have a word with you. If you're doing something else, I hope I'm not disturbing you. But if I am, so what? Stop it. Because me and Jeff are about to go rock this. We are musical, magical radicals. Don't smoke. Hey, Vinny, it is the 50th anniversary <clears throat> of this, our favorite Gen Xer, one of our favorite Gen Xers, hip hop. And we all remember. Jazzy Jeff, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, the Fresh Prince, Will Smith, doing his thing. Now, look, Vinny, there are, are many ways to get out of a crisis to make yourself look better. You can hire PR mm. people and they will craft mm. statements for you and mm. do, uh, you do sit down interviews with the right people. Or you know what? You get back and just do your thing. You get back out there. If you have a platform, you have the opportunity to perform. You go out and perform. It doesn't make the problem go away, but it brings in another dimension. And that's what Will Smith did, man. And Will Smith has changed the conversation. He didn't change the event. He didn't change the slap, but he changed the conversation and reminded us that he is more than the last thing, the last big thing that we remember him by. What did you see from his performance? Well, you know what's crazy? I was on a flight from Las Vegas to New York to celebrate a friend's 40th birthday. So I didn't get a chance to see any of this live. I was just able to see some of it in clips. The one thing that impressed me, for Will Smith to be his age, his breath control is amazing. Like, he can still rapidly rap. When you see all of these people performing over tracks, they can't even rap over their own tracks. They got to play them <laughs> and just basically jump in, like, every three seconds. Like, the ability to perform has gotten lost in today's genre of hip-hop. And the secondly, for Will Smith, when you're great at what you're great at and people generally like you, it's very easy yeah. to come back to that. Very, very easy to come back to that. Yeah, and I love that picture there. Just put that picture up again. Uh, you see uh, some of the some of the giants. I mean, just so many people uh, to name. There was a whole segment on uh, the, the women of hip-hop. So we're always yep. thinking about uh, the women of hip-hop. Man, you look at, you know, Will Smith there, Flavor Flav, you know, LL Cool J, and you think about, you know, Dougie Fresh uh, and, and Fox as well. Like, some of these people, not flavored necessarily, but a lot of them, and Queen Latifah, think yeah. about some of the names of people and what they've done outside of hip-hop. Like, I, I met them all as a serious hip-hop head, hip-hop fan, but all of them have done uh, different things. I haven't mentioned Ice Cube. I haven't mentioned Ice-T. 
I, when I think about Ice T, I think about Law and Order before I think about hip hop. <laughs> I mean, when, when I think of Ice Cube, I think of some unflattering things before I think of the dude that made death certificate. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. like I exactly. wish I didn't. But that dude is incredible, yeah, yeah. incredible as a rapper. Yeah, I mean, just it's uh, so happy birthday, hip hop. And Vinny, thanks for hanging out, man. It's always a pleasure. Of course, man. Appreciate you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.